Hello, and welcome to the Weird Waves podcast. My name is Taylor, and this is episode 36. On this week's episode, we are talking to Allie Ambler. She is a photographer from Toronto, Canada, and this is a really great interview, but I just have to preface this by saying that this was recorded about two weeks ago, kind of at the beginning of all the coronavirus stuff, we'll call it stuff, was happening um, all over North America and Europe. Um... I do think this is a really good interview, but you can kind of tell from both of us that there's a lot of uncertainty, there's a lot of just nerves, kind of like a timestamp of an episode, and so I just wanted to preface the whole episode in the intro by saying that. I really hope that you guys enjoy this episode. Allie is a very talented photographer and surfer. She's very passionate about her craft, and you can really tell by the way she talks about photography. It is a really great episode, and I really hope that you guys enjoy it. So I get. Let's start with an introduction. Your name is Allie, right? It is. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. Just to make sure I'm talking to the right person before we yeah, get this thing going. <laughs> um, and you live in Toronto, is that correct? Indeed, I do. Cool. So yeah. is that how you got introduced to surfing? Like in reference to like where I was introduced to surfing. Yes. Yeah, um, that definitely was. I took some lessons with um, one of the groups here. I took like one and was super, super, super hooked. And then I went to Nicaragua with them and kind of like developed a relationship with a bunch of the women there, which was super awesome because I found that it like really daunting to try to get into the surf community here just as someone like I'm 22 and I was getting into it when I was like 20. Mm -hmm. So I was felt like I was younger and was with a lot of people that were like seven, eight, nine, ten years older than me. So it was nice to like have that and have that community already there so that when I came back, I had people that I could call on to go surfing because I also don't own a car. Okay, so that makes it very challenging. It does. But it's <laughs> actually made it really, really awesome because I've had to have really amazing conversations with a lot of women. Um, like I've actually never gone surfing here with uh one of the like male surfers it's always been women that i've ended up reaching out to and have gone surfing with which is kind of interesting i've like had male friends and met people out there but mm -hmm. as for the big drive it's only been sort of with women that i've connected to so you get like good you know two three hour conversations with wherever you're going with them so it's kind of played in my advantage not to have a car <laughs> that's awesome yeah it's been good but a little bit bad sometimes yeah well i bet it's a lot of planning involved Yes, it makes those like, and especially since I'm in school and I work, it's sort of like balancing around all of those to try to figure out how to do it, where to do it, when to do it, and then kind of like trickling in that, can you pick me up at my house? Because I don't want to go on the TTC again with my surfboard. <laughs> so you've taken your surfboard? <laughs> yes, I have like oh. a whole system for how it works. I only have a 7.6, so I'm lucky, but okay. it's like I know the the like cars that you have to go to on the old subways and the new subways so that you're as like in like the least amount inconvenient as possible to everybody else oh my gosh that must fun. be a lot of gear too because then you have to bring like your regular clothes and then your surf clothes and probably mm -hmm. a dry bag yep it's uh it's it's quite an interesting show i mostly enjoy like having people watch me and then ask what my surfboard is my favorite has been is it a massage table oh <laughs> which I was like, okay 
no, but close enough. Oh, yeah, that one was really weird. I was like, what are you talking about? That's feet. <laughs> massage table. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that there's a whole um, Instagram related to, like, people carrying awkwardly large objects on metros. That's amazing. Yeah, so I feel like you should have somebody take your picture next time, and you can, I'm sure... That you will be featured. <laughs> I should do that with like the fin sticking out of the back of it. Yeah. On things. Wow. I didn't even know. What's it called? I have to, I'll have to look it up. I'll send it to you, but I'm pretty sure it, it's funny. It's like, you know, plywood and like, you know, just awkward, like art projects and, you know, in there. Yeah. Like huge canvases and, Weird shaped plants, like huge plants and trees, and like you know, it's just funny. Oh, that's amazing! I love that. Yeah, you see some weird things on the TTC. I I saw one surfer one time, and it was like this crazy moment of like, oh my god, you're one of me, <laughs> and you're doing it in the same way. <laughs> but yeah, they have. have the Sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. I was just gonna say, did you have you always lived in Toronto? Through my surfing experience, yes, I've always been in Toronto in the city. And then I go back and forth. My parents live in Milton, so I go back and forth between where I keep my board. I find that like in the summertime it tends to be there, but like in the wintertime it tends to be here because people coming from the city, if we're going to Erie, which I feel like is where I surf most of the time in the winter anyway, they can like whip by my house to get me. That's awesome. And where is Milton in relation? I'm not familiar with Toronto that much. That's fair. Um, Milton is uh, <laughs> west, west. Okay. Milton is, I had to think about that for a second. Milton is uh, west of us. Okay. Got so it. it not on the lake, like it would be, it's a bit of like a, like a peak, like you got to go up a little bit and then back down to Erie, but it's along the way a little bit. So you've, did you grow up around Toronto area or are you from somewhere else or? No, I'm from in and around there, um, mm-hmm. the Oakville area. I moved here almost five years ago for school. And then I'm kind of in the last semester of my degree right now. So we're going to see how that works out <laughs> with the virus. But yeah, oh God, that's, uh, that's it's fine. so weird. It's so weird. It's the weirdest it thing in my whole life. Like I. <sighs> All of my classes have been moved online and I'm in I'm studying photography. So it's really weird because I've never like I don't know how we're going to do final critiques online. <laughs> Right. Well, maybe you'll be using Skype more. I know. I know. <laughs> it's like, you know what? It's probably not the worst thing because I'm going to need it. So it's going to be a learning process. Yeah, that's crazy. What has the response been um, in Canada? Like, what kind of precautions are you guys taking right now? Actually, let me just say for the record, it is Sunday, March 15th right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it changes so fast that we should like... <laughs> yeah oh god I know um well we're, we've just kind of gone on a little bit of lockdown so like Thursday was the day where like everything hit the fan I feel like and mm-hmm. things started to go close and then my work I work at the the Patagonia down here and that closed on Friday 
Um, are closed for two weeks indefinitely. So I think things have been trickling in and have just sort of like started to progressively close. And I would assume it's just going to kind of keep happening. Yeah. So bizarre. It's, it's, yeah, it's weird. I don't, yeah. It's one of those things where you're like, oh, what's going to happen? And canceling flights too. Like I've seen two different surfer friends of mine that have had Someone had a nine hour, they were on hold with, um, like an airline, a Southern American airline for nine hours. Oh God. To try to deal with their flight because their kids are off school now. But I mean, like we're like small, small, small things compared to like the astronomical effects that this has had on many people's lives and will have. So I mean. Oh yeah. But it's all, I mean, it's all relative, you know, I mean, and it all. It all, I think, adds to the weirdness. Yeah, I'm, um, I don't know what your take on it is, but for me, it's kind of just given me a moment to think about, like, as surfers and just as people, it's like the benefits and also the downfall of being such global people. Mm -hmm. Like, it's sometimes easier to have your head stuck in the sand and kind of just be aware of your own little community, which if you live in a smaller community, it's not really being affected at this point, at least where I'm at. But knowing surfers and all these different people that travel all over the world has kind of brought this other perspective, at least for me, that's been like the way that I've looked at it. Yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, I'm like living in a city of like, what, I think like 2.9 million people. So I'm Mm -hmm. seeing it like a whole different from perspective than where my parents live like less than an hour away with it comes to grocery stores grocery stores have been wild right now there's no food it's it's yeah well we'll see where it goes i i don't know yeah it's a <laughs> lot of i don't knows it's a lot of i don't knows mm-hmm. so you are studying <laughs> photography let's yes. let's dive into that a little bit now i think <laughs> <laughs> instead of talking about this fucking virus it's like oh. <laughs> I know. but you, you can't not talk about it oh my god it's everywhere and I mean, <laughs> everywhere yeah um I actually believe that maybe we had talked had you talked about coming to like Michigan to photograph female surfers I feel like maybe we talked yeah. on my other Instagram account oh potentially were we talking like I don't know maybe like two three weeks ago oh my gosh oh wait no no i, I think the other side of lake ontario <laughs> i would say months i think maybe months ago okay. because you posted i don't know i this is not a very good i'm really forming this question really in a shitty way but, i think I know what you're talking about though okay <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when i <laughs> When I first started the project, I know that I had posted in a couple of the surf groups saying, here's what I'm doing again. I'm looking for some female surfers across the lakes. And I do, I think I do remember talking to you and I was so jazzed and I still am. Before I leave the lakes, I have to surf everyone and I have not surfed Michigan yet. Um, And I think you were saying you've got a really great group of women up there. And I still do hold to the fact that I will be coming and I will photograph you eventually. Yes, come visit. So you're, from what I remember from what we were talking about was that you were kind of saying that either your senior project or your thesis or whatever it is with photography, you're kind of tailoring it towards surfing in some aspects. Totally, yeah. I had 
done sort of a really smaller scale project like this in my uh, second year of university where I just sort of like delved into like photographing a couple female surfers on the lakes. I was still really new to it, knew very few people, owned basically no gear, and I had photographed um, like Shazia. Do you mm-hmm. know that yeah, she's yeah. the first woman that I ever photographed for this project, and I watched her paddle out at Ashbridge's Bay in Toronto on like a really wintry, wintry, windy day, and I watched her do this and was like, whoa, I need to do this sport. This is incredible. So I started that project a couple years ago, and I wanted to revisit that because that project essentially like catapulted me into the surf scene here because I was connecting to so many women. I was experiencing this sport from a weirdly like pulled back way, but just getting so stoked about it because I was out with all these super badass women all the time. And I just wanted to be one of them, if I'm being honest. So yeah, for my thesis this year, I decided to revisit that because I just absolutely cherish the community of women that I have here. And I'm sure it's like that in Michigan as well. It's just absolutely incredible and so supportive. So I wanted to be able to represent that. And there's very few women that show up on like the Great Lakes surf Instagrams across the board. Like there just, there aren't, I had like looked at one last night and between like January of last year and September, there was one female lake surfer on their Instagram. And that's wild to me because there are women that are surfing here and they are killing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that aside, I did, um, yeah, want to start this project again. And then I'd reached out to a bunch of different women about it. And what is the, um, underlying theme, I guess, of the project? Yeah, the underlying theme in a sense is, um, kind of working on that female representation for the Great Lakes surfing community. So looking at documenting and empowering all the different women, at least I'm trying my best. It's a project that I'll continue for the next three or four or five years until I feel that maybe like it is kind of satisfied what I've been looking to do, but representing as many women as I can on the lakes and just giving them a sense of a little bit more of importance because they are so important and they're really important to me, but I feel like they're not being as um, represented as well as they should be. So I'm really trying to do some more of that. So that's definitely something that I'm aiming to do. And then I just have been working on documenting outdoor outlier communities and the Great Lakes surfers have been completely one of them because it's a weird thing to be doing on the lakes. And then there's this like small group of women that's growing so rapidly that are just so badass and doing the wintertime and freezing and having ice all over their hoods. And it's so cool. (laughs) How did you get introduced to the whole community? I got, I don't actually remember how I figured out, unfortunately, not like a super (laughs) crazy story. I don't really remember how I found Great Lakes Surfing to begin with. I just remember that I found it, figured out that one of the shops around here did lessons. I was like, whoa, I need to do those because that's cool. And I had no idea how to start it. I knew no one that surfed on the Great Lakes and it was something that I've always wanted to do. Uh, So I got introduced to that. And then I had posted in the Lake Surfistas page in second year, so that was two years ago, about wanting to do this project. And I think that was my real introduction to the community was the like positivity that and the encouragement and just the like willingness to participate that a bunch of the women in the community had. Like I was this complete stranger that had absolutely no idea what was going on, if I'm being honest, that wanted to go photograph them. And they were all so stoked about it. So that was a really good introduction. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. And where did you go for your lesson? What shop did you? Uh, I went to Surf the Greats. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome place. Mm-hmm. I love it there. They're so excellent. Um, mm-hmm. What? So when you started surfing, was it instantly like, I'm so good at this. This is my jam. Or was it kind of like, you know, not that great at the beginning? What was your experience in the beginning of surfing? We went out on, I feel like, a f- day where now I looked at and be like, oh, okay, fair enough. It wasn't like very big or anything. It was just pretty messy, which I guess is sort of a staple of the lakes. <laughs> um, yeah, I stood up for the first wave that I paddled for and I had like pep talked myself beforehand of being like, okay, if you don't stand up today, it's okay. You can keep trying. And then when I stood up the first time, it was just like, whoa, okay, this is all I want to do for the rest of my life. I'm going to push the rest of my life completely around this. And so far, that has been what I've been doing. Um, but it's it's really hard. It's the hardest sport that I've done. And if I didn't like it so much, I would have quit ages ago. <laughs> <laughs> Are you naturally athletic? Um, I did a lot of sports when I was growing up, and I was okay at them. I don't I don't really know if I would say I <laughs> I don't know if I want to call myself naturally athletic. I would just say that I do. When I really, really like something, I will put my mind to it and really figure out how I can try to make it work and try to be okay or at least sustain it for a little bit longer. So that's something that I've been trying to do with surfing. And I mean, I learned on the lakes and there, I went to Australia for six months recently and like day one there realized, whoa, the lakes are so hard compared to this in a lot of ways. <laughs> yes. yes. This is, oh, the waves don't all come within like five seconds of each other, there's a little bit of time. (laughs) Yeah. I think some of that has to do with why the great lake surfers are some of the more humble people or more humble surfers that you'll meet. Mm -hmm. Cause it's so, it's hard to do it here actually. Like in every aspect of the way, like it's cold, you know, there's not a lot of people doing it. You know, there's limited people being like, Hey, we're going to go and surf. And you really have to stick it out to be a surfer here. Totally. And there have been times I was out at, um, at a place on Erie a couple weeks ago and it was just whipping wind and a bit of hail. And I couldn't open up my eyes cause they were hurting so much because of the hail. And I was sitting there and was like, why do I do this? And then you catch a wave and you're like, Oh, this is why this is why it's like, you just forget. <laughs> Type two fun is what I guess it's called. Oh, that's kind of when you're doing it to a degree, but there's this underlying magical aspect of it that just makes you keep coming back. Type two fun. I've never heard that, but I like it. And then type three fun is the fun that you do once. You're like, okay, cool. That was fun now, but like, I'm never doing that again. Oh, what's type one fun? It's just fun. Yeah. Like surfing in the summertime or surfing. Uh. You're like, this is great. (laughs) what brought you to australia uh i went there for school for a semester so i really wanted to try to figure out some way of getting myself to the ocean while i was in school because although i love the lakes to death i do really like the ocean yeah Uh, so i was there for six months and really got a feel for like oh this is how surfing does work outside of the lakes and i fell in love with longboarding it's now my favorite thing. I found it hard to do on the lakes, but it's still something that I love. So I'm excited to move back eventually to the ocean. That's awesome. Yeah. 
And which part, which part of Australia were you in? I was in the southern part. So I was in um, Melbourne. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So the Great Ocean Road was right there. And you drive down for kilometers and kilometers and kilometers. And there's just beautiful surf spots everywhere. And it's so great. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I really liked it. I do miss it, but I'll go back soon. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about photography that makes photography good? This is a question I always like to ask photographies. What makes photography good? If if a photograph oh. is good. God, I feel like I'm not framing questions very well today. <laughs> I get what you mean, though. What makes a photograph good? Yeah. In a sense? That's a hard one. I come from like, you know, photography school where it's so everybody's trying not to like, everybody's trying to be super objective, which is really hard to do. I think that, yeah, that's a hard question. I think that's very different for everybody. Overarchingly, though, like you can look at kind of like technical aspects where if it's not meant to be underexposed and it's underexposed, it's maybe not good. But in my realm, what I think of like very basically if the photograph is representing what you're trying to represent well truthfully and not um you're not trying to push some like false ideas onto like for me because I'm take a lot of portraits if I'm if someone's not trying to force ideas and feelings and represent representing that person or that subject in a specific way that is false if that makes sense I think then it's a good image so I don't know if they're trying to show truth in some capacity and are doing okay, but images are also a lie in themselves. So I think it's pretty hard, but yeah, I, I think that it does though differ for so many people in so many ways that it's, that's a really hard question to answer. I'm not totally sure. Okay. <laughs> my degree has taught me nothing. Oh my God. Oh <laughs> in school, it's like, okay, is it lit? Well, does it compare to the other work okay? And is it not, you know, making some like outlandish claims that, um, like, are you not making some outlandish claims that the like images can't represent? So if you're saying it represents one thing and it doesn't, then it's not great. Does that make sense? I don't know if that answered your question at yes, all. Yes, it it does in a okay. way. But what I'm what I'm getting is that there are technical aspects of a photo that makes it good. And then there are, I'll go with emotional aspects of a photo that make it good and tr being truthful is important. It's important to me and what I see. To you, okay. Yeah, I think the technical aspect is like, if it's technically not like, for lack of a better term, like baseline normal, and you have a reason behind it, so you have a reason by why it's blurry or why it's shaky or why it's dark, which are you know, coming from like a really formal aspect, like not particularly desirable, I'm using air quotes, um, <laughs> then if you can back that up, then I guess it's like, it's a good photo because it has purpose. As long as there are things in the image that have purpose and there's not like these really weird technical things that don't have any purpose and they just mm -hmm. happened, I think that it can be a good image. Yeah, that happens a lot in art school. Yes, it does so much. <laughs> I just learned that I don't know anything. <laughs> That's a lie. I know some things, but it's all kind of a wandering world of weirdness, which is great. <laughs> yeah, keeps it interesting. What? Totally. So when you're when you're doing a portrait, how do you how can you decide 
how to portray someone? How does that work for you? I like to, I aim to sort of, for like the female surf project that I was doing at least, I really liked surfing with a lot of the women beforehand so that I could be in the water with them. And a lot of the women that I had photographed, I did not know before going out to take photos of them. It was like the first time that we met and either we had like a really great two and a half hour car ride to Erie from Toronto and we got to know each other and had a good conversation or maybe I'd met them on the beach for the first time ever. So I, I like to try to get to surf with them, have a bit of a conversation with them, get some idea of who they are and then try to pose them accordingly. And all of my images are done on film primarily. So it's really hard to kind of, and I, I'd like to try to figure out a different way of doing this, but short of shooting Polaroids or a wet plate thing or something, I'm not going to be able to, but I'd like to try to figure out, maybe it's moving to digital, being able to engage with like the subjects more. So showing them the images as I'm taking them and getting their mm -hmm. input and kind of making the image together. But for right now, it's kind of like, discussing okay here's where this is gonna go if you can lie your surfboard like that that's okay um and giving them kind of an idea of what it's gonna look like so that's sort of I try to build some sort of a relationship with a lot of the people that I photographed beforehand because I think that it also helps make images better because they're more relaxed and they're more willing to sort of like be involved in the photo making process rather than taking a photo of them. It kind of makes it a little bit more of taking a photo with them. If that makes sense. It does kind make just, sense. Yeah. I think just trying to develop a relationship with the women that I'm photographing is important. And I think it just makes better photos. Why do you choose to use film? Um, I had, so for a while for this project, I was shooting with a little Nikonos in the lakes and that was simply because, like, I had absolutely no money. I still don't have any money, but I really had no money to buy any digital photography equipment or housing. So this was, like, $150. It was a small little 35-millimeter surf photography camera. So I was using that for a while, um, and that was really easy. But I also have um, a medium format, so it's, like, a really thick kind of film. It's, like, maybe, like, twice the width of... 35 millimeter film, which is like the average stuff. Uh, I had a Bronica that I was shooting a lot of my portraits for in school with it. And just like the depth of colors, I really, really enjoy and the depth of field as well. And I find that it also kind of slows me down, makes me focus because you only have 12 photos. So you want to be able to mm. compose them a little bit more and not just click go, 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 go. And I also started to shoot with that. All my portraits are in square format. And I just was like, okay, we're going to run with this. And <laughs> this is going to be the style now. But yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how long I can keep it up for. It's been interesting. There's also like a weird, not performance aspect for myself, but it's, um, it's really hard to shoot photos in the water. And it's really hard to shoot photos in the water on film. So it was like a really interesting learning experience for myself. So I really liked that aspect of it. And I think that actually ended up really impacting why I continued to shoot film in the water was just that it was like really, really hard, but really rewarding in the end when you got ones that you really liked. And you also don't see the images after you take them. So if I'm shooting women beforehand, I can take a bunch of photos of them and then I can go surf and I'm not worried about looking through them because I know I have to leave them in the car and wait. 
And that's actually kind of nice because I am a surfer and I constantly am stuck with, oh my gosh, do I want to surf or do I want to take photos? Do I want to surf or take photos? So at least if I take photos, I'm not spending another 25 minutes looking through them and maybe reshooting. They sit in my car and if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I got to go out and surf. Wow. There's like a delayed gratification to that. Totally. And you kind of get to like relive everything when you see all the film photos come out two, three, four weeks later, depending on how quick I am. That's so interesting. It's a really interesting way to do it. Are you like paddling out and, and how are you setting up your shoots? So for the ones that I do of just main portraits, those ones I, I do on land and those are pretty easy. I'm usually in my wetsuit or right now I've been shooting them after. So I'll go out and surf a lot and then I'll come back in and I'll come back in maybe 10, 15 minutes before the women that I'm surfing with come back in so that I can photograph all the ice on them and all their kind of like frozenness. Um, so I do that and then my hands go very numb more so than they were before. But the in-water ones, yeah, I'm paddling out. I have a pair of fins, so I'm there kind of, like, swimming with them and cheering them on, which is what I love to do. So it's kind of like a win-win. What made you decide to shoot women? Um, As a, like, female in sports myself, I just found that there was, like, not as much representation as I saw needed if that makes sense like I just didn't I wasn't seeing myself in a lot of different photography pages and someone recently said to me a really great quote which is um something along the lines of we can't always be what we can't see and that really stuck with me because there are many women that I know of that I feel like want to do things but are a little bit stuck because since we live also in a social media age it's hard to kind of you know, look at a sport and be like, I want to do that. And there are definitely a lot of people that can go and do the sport, even if they don't see themselves represented. But there are a lot of people that won't be as inclined to. And particularly, like, from what I've focused on, like, women. So I think it's just time to kind of honor a lot of those women that have been all the things that they haven't been able to see and photograph and document and spread the word that women are surfing on the Great Lakes. And it's great. And I also found this community and they've been so accepting and so supportive and just absolutely incredible. It like makes me emotional. Um, and I just wanted more of the world to know about that and feel kind of the love that I feel for them. It's like a big thank you note essentially is what this is. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really cool. It's really cool. I mean, I know I've interviewed multiple people from the Lake Surfistas and it's a really special thing that um that you guys have going on up there. I'll say that much. That's very special. I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um what is your board of choice? Let's maybe talk about actual surfboards. <laughs> right now, my like board of choice is any 9 foot nose riding board I currently don't have one just because I do have to take the TTC sometimes and I can't afford two boards so although I can't nose ride on the one that I have right now I still do really like it um I have that would be my board of choice right now I have a 7.6 um single fin board that I love I took it and I had it in New Zealand and then the nose got really damaged and Larry fixed it for me and it's so the awesome. man oh the man totally it's just <laughs> 
the best fix. It's like black underneath, which is super cool now. And it works so well. And it's like a little piece of like New Zealand with me as well. So that's where were you at in New Zealand? I was on the North Island for the most part. So I stayed in, I meant to go all around. I rented a car and slept in that and did that, done that by myself for a while. And then had stumbled, not stumbled, sorry, had very much so been told to go to Ragland. I knew you were going to say that. Who doesn't go there and go to Ragland? Did you get Um, stuck there? Pardon? Did you get stuck there? Stalked there? No, stuck stuck, there. I did get stuck. (laughs) I did. I ended up, um, there was this, like, group of guys that came up to me that were all from, like, either New Zealand or they were from Portland, Oregon. So I made friends with them, and they kind of, like, adopted me into their lives for two weeks. I'd only planned on staying there for three days. <laughs> so then two weeks later, they were like letting me sleep on their couch and taking me out to surf every day. And it was awesome. So like with regards to that, I was just like, whoa, it was so great. It's a really great little community there. Yes, it is a magical, magical <laughs> land. It totally is. And I, um, I'm regular. So I got to really work on my backside. Oh yeah. Yeah. That'll, that'll do it. I don't think there's any, unless you get like a a frame at, uh, not a Nui. That's everything else is a left point. Totally. Everything, <laughs> everything, 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 but it was really yeah. great. I loved it. Did, did you surf, um, Rupuki? No, I didn't. I should have. <laughs> It's a good way. It's just a good wave. It's that's all. Fair enough. <laughs> no, I was there. It's a good yeah. Wave. Go ahead. Oh, I was just I was there for a while, and then I had gone. I went immediately up to go live with this group of like eight girls up maybe an hour past Auckland, and mm-hmm. then spent the rest of my time there. So I didn't really get too too much after. I went to Rocky Rights. Okay. Did you ever go there in Taranaki? Mm, no, I didn't surf Taranaki. Oh, cool. That's an interesting one. I definitely, it was one of the most over my head experiences I've had. Is it like rock? Is it the rock reef? It's like not fully reef or? It is indeed a rocky right hand break. It has these huge boulders that like I could like bear hug and barely reach around half of it that are everywhere. And I didn't actually get that far paddling out. It seemed like it was like a double maybe a sandbar or a reef or something. So I evaluated and was with somebody else and they paddled out. And I was like, okay, if they can do it, I can do it. And there was like the first break where I was like, okay, if I can make it past that, it's really big behind that, but I can like, I'll figure it out. And during the first duck dive, I then just got whipped back really fast into another rock. I was like, okay, okay, that was supposed to be the easy part. We're done, we're done, we're done. (laughs) So that one I didn't really get out to, but I tried. Yeah, that sounds like a tough... Paddle. I know that sometimes, I don't know, there's a couple different breaks that I surfed when I was there that had just a really weird, like, rip. Like, the rip looked like it was going one way, and then it, I don't know, like, kind of like what you're saying, it it pulls you into a weird direction. Like, it looks like it's going to pull you out, and you're going to get out the back, and life will be good. And then you're totally not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're very far. Totally. Oh, Totally. But uh, it's a good place. <laughs> it is, it's a very, very good place. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> but I'm moving to Halifax in um, hopefully two months. We'll see. <laughs> in like the middle of May. So then I'm excited to see how. I've never been out there and I've heard good things. So I'll see how kind of the surf is out there. It's Nova Scotia? Yes. 
Okay, so that's West Coast. East Coast. East Coast. Okay, East Coast. yep. I don't know my geography, apparently. That's okay. <laughs> At I least do. I knew it was in Nova Scotia. <laughs> it is Nova Scotia on the East Coast. Okay, okay. Yeah. Got it. Um, what is bringing you out there? I am going to document the female surf scene out there for a little while. I was awesome. looking at Tofino for a while, but... It's pretty saturated out there with photographers right now. And I feel like Mm -hmm. the East Coast is like just on the brink of being something pretty cool. It already is, but like something like well-known is pretty cool. So I want to be kind of out there ahead of the curve kind of thing. And also just another group of like outdoor outliers there. So another group of like women that are doing something a little bit different. Because I think when you think of like surf in Canada, you do think of Tofino on the West Coast and not a yeah. lot of, no one thinks of the Great Lakes and very few people think of the East Coast. So I want to document a bunch of those women out there. Is there already like a surf shop and kind of like an established community of some sort there? There definitely is. Like it's, I think it's surprisingly like large and like people there do surf quite a bit. I just don't know if a lot of people have picked up on it. Like I feel like mm-hmm. the East coast of North America in general is a little bit underrated. Totally. So I want to go out and do that, but there definitely is. There's already like a female surf page as well, which is great. So I'm going to get involved on that and get the word out. <laughs> That's awesome. So you're, I'm assuming you're finishing school. Is this your last Last year, last semester, we're going to hope it goes okay and I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) What an interesting time to be finishing school. Yeah, I have no idea how it's going to work. I've been telling all these jobs and places that I'm going to be out there early to mid-May, but I don't know whether things are going to be pushed back and I'm going to be out in June or what's going to happen. So, But they're all really confused and worried as well. So we're all in this together. Yeah, that's... That's the weird thing about all this is that I would say that people are being a little more compassionate for the most part, I think. It's kind of this weird, like, we're all going through a similar uncertain period together kind of vibe. I don't know. I feel like there's not a lot of things in life that, like, everybody that's pretty much currently on earth goes through other than like death and life. You know what I mean? Like there's not a ton of things that like as a complete grouping, we have to go through and deal with together. And this is like one of those things that's starting that no matter who you are, almost obviously there are instances where it's not applicable, but for the most part, there's like a really widespread of us that are all dealing with this. And there's, I feel like not a lot of things where everybody's dealing with it at once. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. It's, it's, you know, we just keep saying it. It's just weird. It's all super weird. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, you gotta keep going. I mean, like, the lakes are good. Exactly. We're gonna have time to surf. Empty lineups. I know I've been trying to, like, get out and do as much outdoor climbing as I can do because, my God, I have some time off from everything. So let's get active and get outside. Well, and it's not like you're... (sighs) really putting anyone in danger by being in the outdoors for the most part because you're not in very close contact with people yeah I think it's just like being mindful about like also where you're going because there are places where people at risk like older people tend to go so like avoiding those places rock climbing I think is okay I feel like outdoor 
like what you could do is maybe like sanitize your hands way more just so that you're not like touching the wall that maybe people who are immunocompromised would touch. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's sort of like the scary thing is I'm like, how self-quarantined do I need to be right now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, <laughs> this is coming out in a couple of weeks. We'll know then. That's true. People that's be true. Aware, be like, I'll have oh, the update. Exactly. People can be like, oh, they were really wrong. It got so much worse. So they'll be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, they were overreacting. It's totally fine. Yeah. Or people can write in the comments like, you guys were so unprepared for this. I can't I believe it. that's not what happened. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I don't want to panic by anything just yet. No, I, I hope the best situation is that everyone can say you totally overreacted it was not a big deal at all and everybody acted insane and then that's great yeah that would be awesome i don't know (laughs) but anyway um (laughs) (laughs) who knows we'll we'll find out we'll find out we will find out exactly (laughs) it's just I have to say, and I don't know if I'll keep this in or edit it out, but I do feel like there's like this pang of strangeness in everything right now. And it I even feel like it's affecting my podcast in some way. Like just really? the way that I, yeah, I don't know why. I just feel like I've talked, people that I've talked to, there's like this weird... I don't know how to explain it, but it's like almost like I can't fully think of what I want to ask you at this moment, but also what I wanted to ask other people just because there's like this weird distraction of like in in my head, like what's happening? I don't know what's happening. What's going on? And how can I even do a podcast? I don't know what's happening. Like, I don't know how to, um, yeah. So we'll life in a way what did you say sorry it's hard to like live life if you like a little bit normally and like you have to to a degree but it's also like oh should i be doing this should i be happy should i be like doing a podcast interview right now yeah. do I have to do other things like what do i do i think it's just so much i'm i think it's just like one of the things that i've been so uncertain about where i need to and it's also something where it's not like okay what am i gonna do after i graduate school right now it's just so like imminent of like we need to figure this out but you can't figure this out and like you don't know how to prepare for this in any way shape or form and you kind of maybe have to soon exactly exactly it's uncertainty lots of uncertainty that's i'll just title this podcast uncertainty (laughs) yeah i mean i I feel still so uncertain about when I graduate and now I'm like, cool, I don't have to think about that as much because now I have this really uncertain thing of a worldwide pandemic that I need to think about. So one uncertainty, the other uncertainty. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Like, do you, are you much of a planner? Like, are you, do you see your life like using your degree going in this certain path or are you kind of just open to whatever whatever like how are you viewing that I think I'm kind of a mix of both like I'm very open to whatever happens I don't have like a specific time that I'm gonna stay out in Halifax or anything but I have like I like to have like some sort of like loose concept of what I'm doing for the next year and if it means like not even the next year I just like to have some idea of a little bit of what's next but even just like 
the very dusting of like, I'm going to move out to Halifax is kind of enough for me at the moment where it's mm-hmm. like, I have a, I have a really loose like dusting of a plan, but I'm really open to like, whatever happens, I will move wherever. I think I'm like, I have that luxury right now where I am fortunate where I can just sort of like, if opportunities come along, I can take them. I don't, I'm not tied down to anything. I don't have like a family that I need to support or anything. So I'm pretty fortunate that way. So I'm trying to kind of figure out how to use that and explore that. It's the best time to take a risk for sure. Really? Yeah, for sure. I was talking to some people because they had a job that was pretty, a job, a house and friends that were completely set up out West. And I was like, I'm going to go. Cause I plan on going out West for five years. And then a friend of mine had been, was like, you should move out East 100%. And then everything, I was like, oh, what do I do now? And I had a friend say to me, like, now is the time you take the risk. Now is the time you don't go out west that's safe. You go out east that you don't know what's good you're going to do out there. And you don't know what's going to happen, but you do it. Mm-hmm. Now is the time. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is the weirdest wave that you have ever surfed? Ooh. Like, definitely a lake wave. <laughs> Definitely like a really small, but ah. yeah, I mean, I don't, I think probably a lake wave in some capacity. I don't know. Like what's a weird lake wave I've surfed. Ooh. I don't know, but definitely. Yeah. Some, some wave on the lake. I think, um, I surfed outside of Jack Darling park, which I know isn't super weird, but I went to high school right around there while I'm mm-hmm. obsessed with surfing, but I had no idea how to get into it so like for my own personal things like that's a weird wave because i used to walk my dog there um but other than that i don't know i have a tattoo that says weird waves on my ankle where my leash you do in theory every wave i surf is a weird wave i feel like because (laughs) i have that you have a weird waves tattoo it came out it was like before the like vans thing i liked the idea of weird waves and i think someone one time said that i was like i love that but now i feel like a walking dance ad so that's a bit of an issue or a walking podcast ad exactly i like that more we get the same we kind of get the same whole shebang so i feel that super hard um that's awesome. You'll have to send me pictures of that. I'll put it in the show notes. Oh, I will. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> it's not that cool. It's just like, I wanted something to like commemorate surfing on the lakes and was going to get just like a tattoo of the Great Lakes. I was like, no, I like weird waves because they're weird waves. And I'm weird. Surfing's weird. Surfing here is weird. So it's just weird waves. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, send me that picture. I'll Photoshop podcast like right next to it. <laughs> it can be like the cover. For the, oh my for the They're really dry right now. Okay, yeah, put some lotion on and then take a picture. <laughs> I will. I will. Yeah, it just happened to be leaf, so my leg goes on. So it's like, oh, that's ironic. Oh, that's Great. perfect. Yay. That's so cool. That's so cool. It's a funny thing. <laughs> what is your biggest oh shit moment while surfing? Like your biggest moment that things went really south, really fast, kind of scary oh. moment. Um, when I was in Nicaragua, this is like, I've been lucky. I haven't had a ton of scary things. Oh, I surfed with a seal once. It came super close to me and kept swimming around me. And at the time I was like, cool, thank God it's not a shark. I'm fine. But then later realized that seals aren't always great. So that was frightening, but not frightening at the time. But when I was in Nicaragua, I got whacked in the face with a surfboard 
and had to get stitches in my eye or not in my eye on top of my eye on my eyebrow um that wasn't too scary just because I kind of was like oh I'm bleeding a lot but I'm like (laughs) making my way out and then I remember going to like the Nicaraguan hospital and having these two nurses come in and I didn't speak Spanish and they're holding the needle and thread and I was like okay so it's happening because we didn't really know if I was going to get stitches so that was a weird one and a bit scary but like definitely there have been some times where like I've gone out when it's too big and you know when you're out there and I've had some times where I've been like talking to some friends in Australia and then progressively you realize okay like the waves are getting bigger and I'm like I have to figure out how to get in Mm-hmm. Scary. Um, oh, here's my scariest moment. Forgot about this. I'm not sure whether it's like suppressing it or what. When I was in Australia, I was out at um, this one beach called Ocean Grove. So they have lifeguards and then they have speaker systems. So we were out surfing and then we heard a bit of a siren. And then they were just saying, hey, there's been a shark spotted down the beach. Can you all please come in like normally and not freak out? Anyway, I freaked out. <laughs> That was really freaky. Um, Nothing happened. Like, everybody was okay. But it was, like, getting called in and out because of a shark was a little bit, a lot, sorry, alarming. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, that one was really horrifying. (laughs) That's a good ocean moment. They said it so casually. They were like, just make your way in. You'll be okay. Just, like, please come in in, like, an orderly fashion. And I was, like, my little, like, Great Lake ass that's just, like, worried about rebar. It's like, oh, my God. (laughs) freaking out it was like my fifth day there and was like really not confident that happened to me in new zealand too not like that but yeah it was in raglan and we were surfing with a bunch of my friends and there was i had caught a wave in and uh there was a giant like it was a freaking huge shark it was a bronze whaler though so they're not aggressive air quotes and i'm like said to the lifeguard and i'm like hey there's like there's a shark and he's like shh You're going to panic the people. And so I'm like waving at my friends. I'm doing this shark hand on my head. Shark, (laughs) shark. And it's like so close to them. I'm not even joking. These boys went out there on a dinghy with a stick. (laughs) Just kind of like scared it away. On a dinghy with a stick. It sounds like somebody how like. Someone on the Great Lakes, if there was ever a really big fish, would go and, like, figure out how to deal with it. Exactly. They were like, oh, they're not even aggressive. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, it's just still, huge. Still a shark. <laughs> it's, it's fins pretty big there, buddy. Yeah. Oh, God, that's frightening. <laughs> that was so scary. But I was on land. So I was like, well. <clears throat> I'm okay. I'm not going to die. But I yeah. die. Yeah. But I mean, like, sharks attack nobody, and we shouldn't be scared of them, but, like... It's true, but also... It's that inherent, I'm a surfer. When I think of sharks, I think of surfers. So, uh Or okay. seals. Or seals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my last question for you is, what is next for you? Oh, um, I'm going to move to Halifax. Um, that is my next thing, definitely. Move to the ocean, finally be like a 20 minute drive away from the ocean and get to longboard really nice rights every day or as many times as I can and photograph and explore that group of female outdoor outliers and that surf community there. And I'm 
really excited. I'm very sad to like be leaving the lake surfers that I've come to like really love here, but I'm excited to also go out and integrate into a new community that's small and cool and has a lot of positivity and loveliness to them. And I'll be back though. I'm going to keep, I'm going to come back a couple times in the winter to document more of the women here surfing because I'm definitely not done with this project, but for now I'm going to go out East for a little bit. <laughs> awesome. That's so oh. exciting. I'm very excited. I hope that the virus is not going to stop me, but I'll figure it out if it does. <laughs> That's right. I don't know, Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is hopefully what's next. And if people want to reach out to you, how can they find you? Yes, you can find me. Probably the best bet is Instagram. It's hey there underscore Allie Ambler. And it's A-L-Y-A-M-B-L-E-R. That is my Instagram handle. I love talking to people, especially now that I have no school or no work. <laughs> Please reach out. Um, yeah, that's bet, that's bet. And if there are any like female Great Lakes surfers listening to this and you want to be part of my project, definitely reach out as well. I'd love to photograph anybody I can. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this. This is so fun. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. <laughs> oh, awesome. Thanks and then, so yeah, yeah. It was so fun. It was really nice to meet you finally. Yeah, you too. And um, I think we're supposed to be in Toronto. We'll see. And yikes, in the end of March. Um, but I'll let you know what happens. So. Totally. Yeah, I'd love to get together if you guys are down here. Yeah, sounds good. We'll keep you posted. Totally. I'll let you know if I'm uh, on Michigan. Sounds good. All right. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye. And that was episode 36. I really hope that you guys enjoyed it. I will link all of the information to reach Allie below. I hope that everyone is happy, healthy, and staying totally stoked during this weird time. And we will see you next Monday for another episode.